Welcome to Connect Learn Grow FM, ITSMF USA's monthly podcast for the IT service management community. ITSMF USA, people, process, and tools with you in mind. Welcome to ITSMF podcast number one of year 2016. We are back to the old format. My name is Eddie Vidal. I am one of your podcast jockeys, and I would like to introduce my new partner in crime, the rookie, Greg Sanker. <laughs> Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great, Eddie. Thanks for having me on. Hey, let me tell you, uh, we're going to miss Doug Tedder. Uh, we'll, we'll have him in our prayers, but I am so excited to have you around. I remember meeting you at ITSMF Norway back in, I think, March or April of 2015. And ever since then, we've had a really good relationship. And I am so pumped up to have you on board here. So I'm looking forward to working with you. And I, I think we're going to knock it out of the park, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I, ha- I do have to tell you, Doug's got some big shoes that i got to fill here. But I'm going to do my best. Uh, you're going to do fine because Doug carried me. And now you're going to carry me, too, because I always hang out with smarter people, like I always tell you. Yeah, that's kind of my habit, too, is I surround myself with really, really smart people, and some of it spills off on me. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I'm really excited to have Mark Thomas join us today. Mark is the founder and president of Escoti LLC, and I probably mispronounced that, an IT governance consultant as well. as He's the former president of ITSMF USA, the Kansas City League, and the COVID SIG. He's also a well-known idol and COVID expert with over 20 years of professional experience. Mark has led large teams in outsourced IT arrangements. He's conducted PMO, service management, and government activities for major project teams and has managed enterprise applications implementations across multiple industries. He is the co-author of the book, Pragmatic Application of Service Management, which we need a lot more of. And this book presents a holistic view of service management and provides a unique mapping to assist service management practitioners in their information gathering. Hey, Mark, welcome to our ITSMF podcast, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast today. I I think it's a a very valuable topic that we're going to talk about in the next little bit, especially with the whole idea of framework exhaustion. It's a hot topic. We have a multiple uh, group of frameworks, standards, models, bodies of knowledge, and I'm happy to share some of my findings and some of my experience with the, with the listeners today about some of the things that I've been able to find over the last several years. Yeah, and you know what? When I started, I forgot to say what the title of our, our podcast is today, and we're going with Framework Bingo. Can't Bingo. we just all get along? How IT frameworks can complement each other. COVID, ISO 20,000, IDLE, Lean IT, DevOps, and on and on and on. What do you think about that, Greg? You know what? You know, I'm out on the front lines doing this stuff, and that's the things that we face is, and and people are confused, people are frustrated. And so when we talked about this topic, I said, you know, you know who the guy is. This is, that's Mark Thomas. Mark, Mark lives this world. He owns this space. Um, so before we get to the questions, Mark, like we we want to get to know you a little bit. Tell me a little Uh-oh. bit about yourself. Tell me something I don't know about you, other than the <laughs> fact that it's taken us three weeks to chase you down in some far flung city of this wonderful world of ours. 
<laughs> Thanks, Greg. I do go dark a little bit when I'm on a client site, but uh, something personally about me, I, I am in Kansas City, and one of the things that Kansas City is known for is barbecue. So when I'm not doing training or consulting or working with clients, I'm an actual official certified KCBS barbecue judge. So I judge barbecue competitions around the U.S. <laughs> that is that is awesome, except I'm never going to barbecue in your presence. That's the thing. Well, I don't get invited to many backyard barbecues anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You have to put that in your email signature. That uh, yeah, that's right. That, Official barbecue. Mm-hmm. Joe. So, what's your specialty? What what? I mean, like, surely there's like different. I I do have certifications in chicken, ribs, beef, and pork, and my specialty happens to be beef ribs. Yeah. <laughs> I, that. I'm, right, well, I'm sure that's too funny. I'm sure there's a framework out there somewhere that can help me manage this. Somewhere that gets it all together. <laughs> well. So, so Mark, we've prepared these super secret questions that we're going to surprise you with because we know that okay, you're really hit me. At. Yeah. So, talk to me about. We are talking about framework bingo, and there's mm-hmm. like a bazillion of them out there. So, where does mm-hmm. where does somebody even start making sense of it all? Uh, sure. I, I get the question a lot. Something that mm-hmm. I face, and I'm not sure I have a great answer to it, is aren't they all basically the same? I mean, what, what's the big deal? Sure. So, so there's a multitude, like I said before, standards, bodies of knowledge, frameworks, and so on. So. Uh, the bottom line is they all provide value in some form, but they provide that value from a lot of different perspectives. So looking through a governance lens in an enterprise, it's important to understand that adopting frameworks requires a solid understanding of the business environment as well as the value that these frameworks provide. So first you need to find out your inventory of what those frameworks are that you need. For example, you can break it out into framework categories. Have several clients who look at this from a couple of perspectives. They look at it from a governance perspective. What are those example frameworks and standards? Well, you have COSO, COBIT-5, uh, ISO standards like ISO 38500, and so on. And then as you break down your other categories, things like service management, where clearly things like ITIL, ISO 20000 fall in. Portfolio management, you get COBIT, uh, management of portfolios, management of value. Uh, program and project management, a huge number of frameworks and standards that are uh, affecting this world. Other areas like risk management, security management, quality management, where things like Six Sigma, Lean, Lean IT come in, architectures and information. So the first thing I would tell, uh, tell you that understand what those categories are and inventory what those things are you need so that you can start to base the application of that framework towards creating value which is being able to provide benefits to the organization, minimize your risk, and maximize your use of resources. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're so right about that, Mark. I mean, it's, and, and this sort of leads to the, the next question is because it looks like there's so many out there and, like, why only use one? It's like what are some of the challenges organizations face when their IT service management efforts are only centered around one framework, for example, idle? Yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's vital that the frameworks, again, are analyzed and adopted based on a lot of those factors. But when you consider looking at the framework ecosystem, look at it from a couple of different levels. These levels really, if you think about it, provide a starting point for determining that value. So at the enterprise governance level, so in an organization, when I look at the, the altitudes for these frameworks and where you start, most organizations start with a great solid framework called ITIL. ITIL is awesome when it comes to good practices around service management. But it's just one small piece of the puzzle. 
So if you look at the very top of the organization, you have the drivers for why you adopt frameworks in the first place. And you have to balance what we call performance and conformance, which means performance, we have to meet business goals. And conformance, we have to make sure we're meeting regulatory requirements such as SOX, PCI, and so on. But that at the very top of the drivers goes into what we call enterprise governance, where organizations now look at their performance from a balanced scorecard, and they use COSO in some cases to be able to look at it from an enterprise level. Most folks skip the next level, which is called the governance of enterprise IT, but they go right down to standards and good practices. So what I would say is there's a great model or a great framework that can help you integrate a lot of these practices uh, and a lot of the, uh, the, the frameworks that you have. And, and I've seen folks use COVID for that. Now, some people say, do you pick COVID or do you pick ITIL? You'd go with both. COVID is a great way to integrate the enterprise governance as well as the standards and the good practices that we use at the tactical level. It also provides a couple of nice bookends for you where, where ITIL, uh, TOGAF, um, several ISO standards provide these great practices on how you approach certain processes and so on. What the governance does is it provides two bookends on either side of that. The bookend to the left is the governance, the things that we're doing. Everywhere you are in an organization, there's always a higher governing body above you. And then on the right bookend, it would be how we monitor this through audit and assurance kinds of practices. So simply understanding those levels will help you select the right frameworks because every organization views value a little bit differently. So take the inventory of those standards, look at your levels, and it'll help you see where these things fit together. You know, it's interesting because I think you touched on this a little bit on the first question that we asked you. But in, in your book, The Pragmatic Application of Service Management, you talk about leveraging multiple frameworks. Tell me how that works and why you think it's a better approach. Yeah, so it's usually at this point when organizations do an inventory and then they look at these levels, this is the place where framework overload begins to emerge. And, and exactly many organizations, yeah, yeah, they simply go to the solution before understanding the reason. So they, they have a solution looking for the problem. And so it's, it's, it's impossible to simply pick a couple of these things and decide what their fit is because the industry says so. So I believe a key success factor when integrating these frameworks and standards is to strategically leverage these models based on that, again, that value contribution. In the book we talk about, uh, the, that you mentioned, we talk about having some anchors, some, a series of questions that you can ask that can lead you towards which of these frameworks might be your anchor and how you do that kind of thing. Because one of the nice common pieces of uh, some of our core frameworks like ISO 20000, ITIL and COVID is they all are commonly based on continual improvement and quality. So the series of questions that we talk about uh, in this book or these anchors uh, assist in determining, determining the right pieces of these that you need to pick because you don't have to pick the entire framework. They all have nice components of them that would be relevant to providing per value uh, in an organization. And it, it comes as no surprise that each has that very powerful continual improvement base that helps them fit together nicely. So you really hit on a piece that I want to get at, Mark, which sure. is, you know, there's some some frameworks are 
prescriptive, like y- you must do, like ISO, I think uh, 20K is that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but ITIL is, is widely uh, viewed as just a guidance kind of thing, best practices, you should be mm-hmm. doing these kind of things. But how do you actually intermix those uh, for maximum benefit? Because I, most people that I run into are doing one or the mm-hmm. other, and, and that's the piece that I, I need help with is how do you intermix them uh, for maximum benefit? Sure. So, so, so the interesting piece about uh, standards, for example, ISO standards or NIST, for example, unless you're going for an ISO certification, they really aren't prescriptive. So you can choose. So, for example, you can take the ISO 20,000 uh, checklist, if you if pardon the term checklist, and use that and modify it for your own use unless you're going down this, the, the approach of being ISO certified. And a standard is voluntary. There is no law that states you have to be ISO certified. There may be contractual reasons behind that. But unless, of course, you pick one of these as your internal standard, right, then you may have to follow these, you know, these, uh, these guidelines that standards have. So, uh, so to get more specific to your question, in a, in a previous organization, uh, I was a CIO of this organization. We used COBIT as get this, the framework to manage our frameworks. And I'm not trying to put, turn this into a COVID show, but right. it really, think of it as the middleware between our frameworks. Because if you think of a framework as an app, and I know this is probably not a very good analogy, but we use, we use middleware to allow these applications to be able to speak with each other. So this organization I was in, we were heavily, heavily based on ITIL but we didn't have the bookends, like I mentioned before, the, the, the governance of enterprise IT and the insurance side. COVID allowed us to have a common knowledge and a common set of, um, of, uh, um, of terms and terminology that we could use. But from a, from a holistic view, we identified enablers that not only help select which frameworks are appropriate, but they can help looking at the level of adoption as well of those frameworks. And so um, one of the things that I think, Greg, is, a, is probably one of the best-kept secrets in our industry is by using something called a goals cascade. So this goals cascade, if you look at an organization, you start with your stakeholder needs. You then map those down to enterprise goals, and you can map those enterprise goals into IT-related goals that can be mapped down to the certain parts of the frameworks that are most applicable to you. So now you know that you're providing value because the part of the framework that you're leveraging truly does have an effect on creating value for the enterprise. And I think that is a huge thing that many of us miss. And we're getting away from that, having a solution, looking for a problem. We now have a value proposition. Go ahead. That's the sound bite of the day right there, a solution looking for a problem. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> hit you with this, Mark, because I, right. I know you'll have an answer, and I, and I deal with this a lot, is heavily uh, ITIL-centric uh, organizations often uh, take a process approach from the beginning and start those at a grassroots level, basically a solution looking for a problem, and then try mm-hmm. to push those up the governance framework to get them adopted at the high end. Talk to right. me about that. So, so it's interesting. When, when one of the things that I've found is when you look at a set of, of interacting enablers in an organization, when people attack processes, that's great because we're improving the capabilities of the process, the maturity of the organization. But think about it. There's a couple of other ingredients out there that you need to look at. When you modify processes, 
you also need to think about the policies that come along with those. The organizational structures like uh, decision authorities, escalation procedures, span of control. You need to look at the culture and the ethics and the behaviors of the organization. And let's not leave out information, how information is at the core of everything we have. Um, and of course, the services. So, um, and well, one other thing is people, the skills, and the competency. So these enablers that we have are, are one of the things that most people forget. And when you start attacking a process, don't forget that's just one enabler or one ingredient to this ecosystem of frameworks that we have that, that allow us to look at these pieces. So I will tell you that, that you know, the short answer is you need to look at all the other ingredients other than just processes. Hey, Mark, earlier you touched a little bit about stakeholders, but you do a lot of work at the boardroom level, mm -hmm. helping organizations effectively manage their IT capabilities in support of business objectives. Now, yeah. What do you think or what do you find to be the keys to success and how can organizations leverage IT service management to support it? I, it's, this is huge. This is absolutely huge. Um, so the first thing you got to think about is, is from a stakeholder perspective is when I'm talking to a board of directors or some type of executive organization um, in, in an enterprise, these folks are concerned about performance and conformance, the balancing of these two. Because performance, again, how well are we operating as, as a business? Conformance, are we keeping ourselves within the regulatory environment that we need to? And there's a balance between those things. So just a quick story for you to explain uh, how I think this is important. Um, I've been a CIO for less than two months. Um, I had a 22-hour incident in which all services were dark. Major, major issue. In fact, uh, this was a continuity type event. Well, it comes as no surprise that I was invited to a special meeting between myself and the board of directors. And, and I was, I love I was that. that's an invitation. Yeah. That's awesome. Mark. Yes, that was, yes. It, <laughs> it, it, apparently it was an invitation that was not optional. Yeah. And this was interesting, Greg, is, is, is I prepped and I prepped and we had consultants prep me and you name it. I was asked one question by the chairman of the board. The question was, what can we do to help? And, and this, was, this led to an interesting conversation, and my response was, I need to be governed. And at first, it was, it was misunderstood that I'm asking, I'm asking for the board to govern me. Well, there's a separation between governance and management, and that's the big thing that we're looking at. When we look at the governance side, it's being able to set the, 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 the direction and be able to monitor the activities and give me my bowling lane. I need to know what the high-level rules are because if you ask me to govern myself, I'm going to hurt myself because you've asked me to create my own rules, follow my own rules, and punish myself if I don't follow those rules. And so that's the first piece is the governance side. The management side, which I can do at the CIO level, now allows me to plan, build, run, and monitor those things that I need to do to successfully deliver services because that's what my customers are paying me for, whether they know it or not. They're consuming services for me. So boards today are understanding that information is a key asset. So these initiatives that we're looking at all come down to what those services are, part of our services catalog, and, uh, and it allows us to now look at how we delegate authority, how we escalate things, and so on. 
So I think it's a, it's a very it's a very intricate relationship that takes place between governance and management. But at the bottom line is how am I delivering services for my customers? Hey, Greg, I don't know about you, but when Mark started talking about that downtime and being called into the board of directors meeting, it sort of gave me a flashback of being called into the principal's office. <laughs> yeah, and you well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and you sit there on the bench outside looking at the uh, school secretary going, this is going to be bad, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be bad, right? <laughs> Not that I'm telling you any secrets from my childhood or anything. <laughs> I, you know, Mark, I'm I'm actually uh, I'm actually shocked that that's the question that you were asked because I think most of us were expecting the the the, the chairman to say, Mark, what are you going to do to make sure this never happens again? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it, it was it, it was absolutely amazing. It was a humbling experience um, and a question that I wasn't prepared for because again, it, it's a theme that we've brought up in this conversation is is I was prepared to go in and describe what I was doing at the process level to ensure that this wouldn't happen again. Right. And, and this governing body understood the fact that they were separate because wherever you are in an organization, there's always a governing body above you. And it is their responsibility and their accountability to provide you what your left and right limits are. And that was really, really cool. So I've only scratched the surface on, on COVID. I'm admitting that publicly. But one of the things that jumps out at you right from the get-go is the separation of governance from management. Mm -hmm. And maybe um, – can I slip that in as another question? Talk to me a little oh, sure, bit sure. about how that works in a practical sense because a lot of our mm -hmm. listeners, I believe, are, are operating at the process level or dealing with yes. you know, the day-to-day -day, you know, uh, tasks of, of delivering services in an ITSM uh, world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, so one of the one of the principles in COVID five is is actually called the separation of governance and management. And you heard me mention a couple of times. I love to say it. Wherever you are, there's a governing body above you. So at the executive management level, so I was sitting in management. I was the CIO. My boss was the CEO. My peers were other senior level VPs in the organization. We had to have some governing body above us that gave us the rules, the guidelines, uh, and the north star for us to be able to charge towards. Now that's looking at it from an enterprise level. Let's, let's say I'm a project manager and you look at this and say, well, how do I separate governance from management and I'm a project manager? Well, who's your governing body? It could be the project review board, it could be your steering committee, but there's still some body above you that sets the rules for you so that now you can, 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 can activate those management processes to ensure that you're staying within the bounds that your governing body has identified for you. And as a management, what I'm doing is taking the, the, the evaluation and the direction from the governing body, and I'm planning my activities, I'm building, I'm running things, and I'm monitoring things down at my end. So it really is nice that wherever you are, you always have a governing body above you of some type. Love it. What do you think the biggest mistake that um... – ITSM practitioners make with frameworks, and, and, and then obviously I'm going to ask you, what do we do about it? What can, what can we do to avoid that? Yeah. Number one is thinking you've just found a silver bullet. I, you know, the, our, our service management side of the house said, ITIL, ITIL, ITIL. My enterprise architecture group said, TOGAF, TOGAF, TOGAF. My project management group said, PRINCE2 and PMBOK. 
And, and so I think thinking that one framework is all that you need. Um, and it goes back to the theme that we've created through this podcast. But understanding that it is, it is prescriptive is another problem that folks have. I've seen so many folks come out of a ITIL class, a COVID class, a TOGAF class, where they nod their heads and say, yes, it is a suggestive framework. We don't have to follow it by the book. But you go into a conversation with them, and you'll be discussing the way you might modify a process. The first thing out of their mouth is, well, that's not what ITIL says. Well, hang on a second. Didn't you just agree that this is suggestive, not prescriptive? So that's a mistake that we make. We, we get into this, this idea that we memorize so many things and we think that's prescriptive. So now you can choose a framework and call it your own standard. That's cool. But my advice to organizations is, is use more than one framework. They all have a unique focus. This ecosystem must provide value for the enterprise in a single framework can't provide everything needed to accomplish this objective alone. Train the stakeholders on the utility and the, and the application of each one of these frameworks. People love to train, but often fail to go to the next step of transforming the things that they learn from the training into actual value. Next is understanding how the levels of governance interact. So it's important to understand how the enterprise sees levels of the framework so that you can position good practices to support that value. And I will say that it's pretty clear that I'm a big fan of the integration idea. Um, and the framework that I have found that integrates a lot of these together is COVID as, the, as an integrator. It uses a holistic approach to these enablers and it actually tells you if you want to work on this area, Go to ITIL here, go to TOGAF here, go to this ISO standard here. And, and, and finally, what I, will, what I will leave you with is organizational change enablement. Again, there are several models out there to help you with organizational change. It is a silent killer of any framework adoption. Making sure that we understand what the stakeholder needs are, communicating the desired outcome, and reward and, and, and celebrate any of the successes we have. That would be my advice to an organization looking at uh, combining several frameworks into what I call an ecosystem. Nice. Thanks, Mark. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, I really appreciate all you, you're sharing with us, Mark, because, I mean, Greg's saying that he's just – Tipping into the surface surface of COVID five, and to me this is like one big uh, grandma soup with all these different frameworks and things like that that I'm still trying to mm -hmm. grasp and understand. I, I, sure. I mean, I my basic understanding is with Idle, and it's a framework and it's a guidance principle. And a lot yeah. of people say we're implementing Idle. No, I mean you use it to to guide yourself to whatever things that you're going to be doing in your organization. So I want to thank you for participating in Framework sure. Bingo today. <laughs> no problem. I, I enjoyed it, trying to get the word out. And uh, you, you hit something really important there is you don't implement a framework. You adopt it. Implementation means we pick a date out and we're done. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me do a couple uh, IT SMF wrap-up notes here, and then we'll get some parting thoughts from Mark, and then Greg and myself will close it out. So for those of you that are IT SMF USA members, on February 5th, and usually it's the first week of every month, they send out the news and events bulletin. 
And if you're not aware of that, they've redone the ITSMFUSA.org website. So take a look at it. It's refreshed. It looks modern. I started looking at it, and it looks really, really nice. So go on there and, and check it out, and you'll be, I think, pleasantly surprised. Another quick topic I want to touch on is a career roadmap that was introduced in Fusion 15. It's currently in pilot. And if your company has an interest in piloting the roadmap, go ahead and email gail.talbot. That's G-A-I-L dot T-A-L-B-O-T-T at ITSMFUSA.org. Also, there's a lot of communities of interest virtual groups that are focused on specific topics. I think, Mark, you were once the president of the COVID SIG. Mm-hmm. So there's COVID, DevOps, higher ed, ISO, problem management, and cyber. And there's more to come. But uh, touch, you, you know what? I mean, we're going off topic here, but touch a little bit on the COVID SIG and your involvement in there and where you think is there's value to people that participate in that. Sure. So it's, it's, the COVID SIG has been around for a couple of years. And, and we started off just really so people understood that COVID was not a competing framework. Uh, that it was a complementary framework, and 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 I, and um, I haven't been involved with the SIG as an officer or as a, as a leader of the SIG for a, for about two years now. But I do know that there are a lot of great there's a lot of great information out there available, so people can understand how it fits with other frameworks out there. So you know, keep an eye out for it. Well, thanks. And then one last thing here is the career center that's a new feature that's been added it's a resume critique it's a free service for job seekers so you have the option to request a free confidential resume evaluation from a from a professional resume expert and writer from top resume so that's one of the benefits you're wondering okay well i'm a member of itsmf what value am i getting and that's one of the things that you can do if you're a member also, the big team announcement, there's a new group of team members and volunteers that are part of the big team. Go on the website or go to that last email that was sent out February 5th to be able to see those people that are volunteering to help out make ITSMF USA a better organization. Greg, as the rookie, how was your first event here? How do you well, feel? I'm like got two pages of notes from everything that Mark was talking about. So I, 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 I dropped off of host mode and went into learner mode. It was, it was really great. I, and, and, and I hope that we can keep doing this because if we bring in people like Mark and uh, people that have a lot of good information, I think this is going to be really, really a good thing. Hey, Mark, once again, thanks for joining us. Do you have any last parting thoughts? Glad to be here. And last couple things, there's no such thing as a silver bullet. Get your training and leverage associations like ITSMF because there is a huge, huge value uh, to the knowledge that we have in this organization. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Greg, any last words before we wrap this up? Um, bingo. I think we just won today. <laughs> B-I-N-G-L. <laughs> Hey, once again, this is Eddie Vidal. I'd like to thank Mark Thomas, our guest. I'd like to thank our co-podcast jockey, Greg Sanker. I'm Eddie Vidal. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully you'll join us for our next month's podcast. We'll be announcing that soon, so stay tuned for the details. Over and out. Welcome to Connect, Learn, Grow FM. ITSMF USA's monthly podcast for the IT service management community. ITSMF USA, 
people, process, and tools with you in mind.